Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Limit Does Not Exist is a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, I'm Christina Wallace. And I'm Kate Scott Campbell. And you're listening to The Limit Does Not Exist. A podcast for human Venn diagrams. Coming at you every single week. And hosted by us. In this time that is, well, indescribable, we are here with another CNC episode. It feels right to us to check in with you and each other as much as we can as we navigate this continually changing landscape and try to find some safety and sanity. Today, we'll share updates from our lives, including a socially distant fight I got into while trying to find my zen. And how I finally got back to my roots 
and also took care of them. <laughs> it's all about how we're finding balance and a little breathing room amidst the chaos. And how we're staying connected to the real world and creating actual change through the internet. So, Christina, let's just jump in, shall we? Let's do it. Hi, Christina. Hi, Kate. <laughs> how are you? <laughs> Well, I got into a fight with two runners yesterday. Uh, oh, my gosh. I saw your tweet. Tell yes, me more. Yes. So, <laughs> you know, I am trying to be responsible. I am socially distancing. I'm staying inside except for absolutely necessary. But I need exercise. I have to walk. I can't just do laps of my 600 square foot apartment. Yeah. So once a day, I strap on the baby and we take a walk in Prospect Park. And we have this great little two-mile loop that I have discovered that's, like, all all these, like, off-the-beaten-path trails. Like, I do not go in the high-trafficked areas. I have, like, this perfect loop that keeps me away from other people. I'm surprised that Prospect Park is open, that you can yeah, go in Yeah, so it. keep this up as the weather gets nicer, and they're going to be shutting down the parks, mm -hmm. I promise you. Mm -hmm. I try to go when it's raining, when it's cold. I pick the worst time of the day in order <laughs> to, like, keep the people down, right? I'm doing my part. I love that you're self care is also self-sacrifice. That feels it so is. right for right it now. <laughs> so Arden is, is on my, my front. We're walking through and we're stopped at a stoplight. We're like, we have to cross one more street to get into the park. Okay. And you know, this is a pretty big uh, roadway area. And so there's like multiple islands uh, as you like split up the lanes. And of course, you're not waiting for the actual light to change. You're just waiting for the cars to get out of the way and jaywalking. Because this, this is, the is New, New York. York. Right. right. <laughs> so like, you run across one lane and you hang out in an island, then you wait for the next side and you run across, right? There's not a ton of space on the island is the point of this very long introduction. Yes, yeah, so I can so see I'm where this is going. So I'm standing, I've kept my distance on both sides from everyone, but as I'm standing there, my sister calls and I go to answer the phone and these two runners come up and they stand right next to me. The woman's shoulder touches my shoulder <gasps> and I know... That feels like overreaction, Kate, but like I haven't been touched by a stranger in weeks and it felt it felt like she was just like violating. <laughs> yeah, it does not feel like an overreaction. It feels Thank like you. a total violation in the midst of a global crisis of health. And, and she and her friend were not wearing masks. They were panting heavily because they're running. Oh I'm wearing God. a mask, but my baby is not. She's five months old. She's not going to tolerate a mask. Oh and God. they are absolutely breathing in my baby's face. And I lost my ish yes mama <laughs> bear it. what I said, happened six feet applies to you <laughs> they start running across <laughs> the street and they turn around realizing they've just been yelled at and they can't figure out who just yelled at them because i'm wearing a mask and i have a five-month-old strapped to my front and i look adorable <laughs> and so i use my forehead muscles because i have not had botox and i have very expressive <laughs> forehead i use my it's forehead muscles handy to demonstrate to them that I am the one upset with them because they can't figure out who they have wronged. And so I let them cross the street. It put me in a mood. I had to like shake it off. And then I came home and wrote a very angry tweet. I really appreciated your tweet. It was angry and also very concise and impactful. I was just like, what part of six feet does not apply to you? Like you're still a human being. You still are spewing droplets. Six Absolutely. feet. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know what it is, but I absolutely support you in the reaction that you had. Thank and for you. Arden to see her mom standing <laughs> up for her like a total badass, you know? 
I was just, oh, I ended my tweet with something like, by God, I will end you. And, or, <laughs> yes. and I think it was that. I was like, it's oh. like, I swear to God, I will end yeah. you. And that is absolutely <laughs> the like fire burning in my, my soul that I felt in that moment. It was rage. It was 100% rage. It was primal. <laughs> it was to the core. It was nothing less than all of those things. We can't hike in LA. The hikes have been closed for a long time. And people are, of course, violating that. I will not be one of those people. Good for Because you. this is not the time to do that. So mm-hmm. I have just been like walking around the neighborhood. And first of all, it's really difficult to walk at the speed that I usually like to walk with a mask mm-hmm. on. So I'm impressed it that is. you're able to so kind of power like through. So I'm full on like mouth breathing, panting behind this mask. And when I get home, home, I like have to wipe down my face. You know what's going to be interesting? Typically in a recession, lipstick sales go through the roof because people can't afford to buy anything else. And so they're like, well, I'll treat myself to this $10 lipstick because I can't buy a new dress, a new pair of shoes, a a trip, whatever. It will be interesting because in a recession, while everyone is wearing a mask, <laughs> no one's going to buy lipstick. What's the new lipstick? Is it eyeliner? It's so true. I don't know. Is root it root color touch up? Yeah. Who knows? Anyway, you were walking and you don't like the mask. <laughs> I, I took you off your story with my I, It was just sidebar. something about that. You know, people have been pretty good here, but it has been very, very crowded in the neighborhood. And mm-hmm. some people are better than others. It's just... Yeah. That's the truth. I'm reaching that point where I'm about to scream at strangers of like, what part of the news are you not watching? I know. I know. I have a friend who openly screamed at someone the other day. She's like, I just lost it. She's a cancer survivor. She understands immunity. She's like, do your part. (sighs) So how are you? Deep breaths. (laughs) I'm, I'm hanging in there. I am. You know, I mean, again, that question, of course, is becoming more and more impossible Mm -hmm. to answer. But I'm hanging in there. I got my roots touched up, which was exciting. How'd you do that, Kate? So, you know, it was such a wonderful way to also support my salon because my salon, Lucas Salon in Los Angeles, lovely little spot, they put together these really thoughtful color kits for everybody with their unique formula. Specific color. Yeah, with my specific formula. Spoiler alert, I get a little help for this color. The woman who runs the salon just quarantined herself in the salon. She had a mask and gloves on. She took all of the kind of formulas from the other colorists. And then you were given a time and you drove up. And then there was a whole exchange where she was there. I paid through Venmo. She left it out on a table outside. And then... I was able to drive away. And then (laughs) my wonderful hairstylist, I picked it up on a Saturday afternoon and -hmm. I planned to do it the next Sunday morning. And he texted me. He's like, okay, you have to do it in 12 hours because color oxidizes. And I was like, chemistry, right. Oh my God. (laughs) So at this point, it's like late on Saturday. Too late. You got to do it. I I got to do it. I was super (laughs) tired. And then I watched, they put together this wonderful little tutorial video, which I watched and was like, oh, I shouldn't be drinking wine while I do this. This actually is more involved (laughs) than... I had given Brian credit for. But Brian, my colorist, was just like texting me back. He was like drinking his boyfriend's sake. He was sending me the sassiest texts, which were hilarious. (laughs) 
And I was like, if I still have hair on my head after this, it will be a miracle. But if I don't, whatever, I'll rock that. I'll just put on some statement earrings and it'll be fine. That is amazing. (laughs) I got through. Yeah. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) I mean, it's important for your roots to look great. You're doing a lot of Instagram video these days. Tell me. Oh, my goodness. Tell me what inspired this and tell our listeners about the nightlight is that the name of your show i am it's called nightlight yes which i always caveat by saying it sounds a little bit like a christian radio show which it is not (laughs) you know christina it just this kind of idea came to me a weekend ago of just you know i don't know it feels like it's like the most kind of a core idea to me it kind of feels like going back to the youngest version of me who was always just like putting on little skits and things in my living room when i was a kid mm-hmm. and it sort of came from an intention to provide a warm glow and that is like intentionally broad right because that could look like anything from day to day but just kind of like this little safe harbor in the sea of digital chaos sort of by sharing some like truly analog pieces of inspiration and entertainment. So that's looked like anything from reading poems. I always like to play a little bit of music to talking about Rilke's exploration of sadness to unboxing the Johnny Depp box that my (laughs) love drenched psychotic 13-year-old self put together (laughs) 25 years ago. Don't forget the readings from You've Got Mail. Those were my favorite. (laughs) You've Got Mail is my chicken soup movie. I've probably watched it, I don't know, like 100 plus times at this point. Mm. It always provides me comfort. And fun fact, when I was in grad school, my MFA classmate, Kyle, I wrote this like little short piece of theater that referenced You've Got Mail. And it came up afterwards and he was like, I love that movie. And I was like, what? You, you who writes like very good raps and like, you're, you're like, you're just like, you love Nora Ephron, you know, and we kind of bonded about this. So I was like, hey, Kyle, will you come on and read every email from You've Got Mail with me, which I curated online. It's actually very difficult to find them mm-hmm. because there's a lot of incorrect scripts out there. And so I was like (laughs) writing in lines from my memory. But anyway, we got on and we read the emails. And what was so lovely is that a bunch of Kyle's friends tuned in. And one of them is a doctor in New York on the front Mm -hmm. line. And he wrote in and said, this is the thing that provided me the levity that I needed to be able to return to my shift. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So Christina, it's like this idea that I had that It's eclectic on purpose. It's largely extemporaneous on purpose. The only rule that I have is that whatever I share has to be something that I just love and really want to share and to invite friends on who want to do the same thing. I didn't even know if people were going to come and watch, but the fact that they have and they've kept coming, it's just really goes to show, I think, that... If I were to have set out and be like, I'm going to do this variety show weeknights (laughs) on Instagram, which, by the way, the only reason I'm calling it a variety show is because my friend Spencer, who we've both worked with, was Mm -hmm. like, Kate, it's like kind of turning into a variety show. I was like, yeah, (laughs) I guess it is. But if I had set out to be like, I'm going to do this thing that's going to make people feel better and it's going to affect in this piece of art, like, A, it probably wouldn't have happened. And B, it would have felt contrived. Mm -hmm. And so... 
that's it. I'm doing that every night. And really, it's a way for me to connect with my friends in hopefully the truest way that I can do that through a screen right now. And it's also just giving me a little bit of a lifeline because I love doing things live. And that's a way to do that now. Gandhi said that even a single lamp dispels the deepest darkness. And hopefully this is a tiny, (laughs) tiny way to bring a little Gandhi into my day. Quoting Gandhi. I like it. Quoting Gandhi. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. ...tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. ...that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich men because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I've never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, Christina, on, I would say, a much more seemingly organized front, (laughs) you have been affecting some real change here. We're trying, for sure. Organized is how I deal with anxiety. You know this. We've talked about this. (laughs) When in doubt... Clean it out. <laughs> it's uh, you know, I've I've cleaned my apartment from top to bottom. I condoed everything within an inch of its condoing ability, and uh, and that got me through like the first six days. Christina, I was thinking about my version of that phrase, and what I came up with is when it feels too big, put on a wig. <laughs> That's what I got. <laughs> oh my god, I love it! I love it. I got to this point. Uh, I don't know, like a week and a half ago, a bunch of my projects are on hold or kind of got postponed indefinitely. I have this new awesome full-time job starting, but not till July. And I've got a little bit of time on my hands and certainly taking care of a baby and cleaning my apartment and baking all sorts of baked goods. So many baked goods. Lots of baked goods. That certainly does take up time, but I felt like I'm an organizer. I'm someone who likes to connect people and networks and like solve big problems. Yeah. And I wanted to do something. I literally like kind of said that out loud and put it out into the universe and 
at 4 a.m. the next day, because I wake up at 4 a.m. to pump for my baby (laughs) every night. Uh, At 4 a.m., I was pumping breast milk and got an email from one of my husband's college friends, who is a doctor on the front lines here in New York. And she said, hey, do you know where I could get tablet computers for patients to say goodbye to their families because we aren't allowing loved ones in hospitals anymore. It's too dangerous. They're too crowded. So these people who are dying of COVID-19 are dying alone and in many cases are not able to say goodbye because when they get dropped off at the hospital up to two weeks earlier, they didn't know that this is how Mm. this was going to turn out. Just gut-wrenching. I know. And she's like, do you know how to convince rich people to give money? Because that's not a skill I learned in medical school. (laughs) And I was like, actually, fun fact, I do know how to do that. (laughs) I said, and, you know, one of my friends actually just got this exact same request from a nurse at a different hospital just yesterday. Let me ping her and see if we can team up and try to solve this for more than just the two of you. Because if two of you are asking then probably every hospital could use this. Yes. That's amazing. So we synced up the next day. We ended up pulling in like four other female executives from the tech world in New York and San Francisco. And within under a week, in six days, we got a GoFundMe up. We've raised over $100,000. Our goal is a million. That's incredible. We have over 100 hospitals already on our lists with requests for tablets, including most of the public hospitals in New York, a lot of the really kind of safety net institutions that don't have the fancy buildings and don't do the galas with big name donors and could really use this type of support. So we are trying to get 20,000 tablets and smart devices into hospitals across the whole country, 15 per hospital. We're kind of bundling them up. One of the executives has a company called Loop and Tie that they do corporate gifting, but that means they have a whole warehouse. They have logistics support. They can ship things. Oh, wow. So we're using their entire back end to receive, bundle, and ship out these devices to hospitals all across the country. It's amazing. And it's called COVID Tech Connect, right? It is. This is, in many cases, how patients will say goodbye to their families. But we're hoping that being able to stay connected to their families might actually be that little bit of, I don't know, spirit booster that keeps them fighting. I mean, imagine being isolated for up to 14 days, not just in your apartment, with your dog and your comfy slippers and your food, but in a hospital room with strangers bustling all around you, you can't see their faces because everyone's covered head to toe in protective equipment. Right. You know, you're not touching other people's hands. You can't speak to your your family members. And then being on the verge of like, am I going to make it through the night or not? I can see how it's really easy to lose spirit in that moment. Yes. So we're hoping that At the very least, it's a way to say goodbye, but maybe at the very best, it's a way to revive, um, you know, a spirit and keep someone fighting to to get out and and to make it through. So absolutely, it's incredibly depressing and it makes me cry a lot. But it it um, it feels good to know that we are able to use our network and the things that we're good at getting rich people and corporations and not so rich people. I mean, a lot of our donors to yeah. the GoFundMe are, are giving 10 bucks, 20 bucks. Which 
is just, awesome. You know, harnessing the collective power of everyone feeling like they want to do something. And this is a really tangible something that you can do. I think it's really remarkable, especially since we've all been learning about learning in real time about how crucial connection is for all mm-hmm. of us. And we are learning how to do that through screens, which is a learning curve for some more than others, but it's essential. Mm-hmm. And another thing, Christina, I was just thinking about you being able to self-identify that you are such a strong organizer and kind of tapping into that. Over here on the flip side, I just sort of found myself going like, what is the thing, what is a thing about me that feels really like unique to me? That's the Mm -hmm. thing that feels like if I could contribute, it's in this way. Mm -hmm. And I just had to sort of start to listen to friends who were telling me like, Kate, you bring me so much light or (laughs) I find you so entertaining. I didn't feel like a light or feel like entertaining. In fact, I've just been, you know, like feeling the weight of all of this, but I kind of went, all right, well, let me just like do that. Let me really sort of tap into that. And so, because I think there's just this big question right now of what can I do? What can I do? And of course, Mm -hmm. there's so many things to do. But I think it's also a helpful question to think about. What can I do that feels like maybe not only I can do, but that is really sort of singular or specific to me? And and Mm -hmm. usually I think that that thing is also the thing that lights you up. And when it lights you up, you'll light everyone up. For sure. Because I think on the one hand, you feel like staying at home, you're doing nothing. Right. And then on the other hand, you start looking for ways to contribute and you start seeing the list of needs and the fundraisers and the and, and it just starts, it can feel overwhelming. Absolutely. Right? There's just sort of like, well, everyone needs everything. Right. And if I'm not helping everyone, is that selfish? Is there anything left for me? There was a great Vice article about creating a care budget. Yes, I love that you found this. It's fantastic. Yeah, so Girls Night In is this incredible community. I love them. That has been focused on self-care and alone time, quality alone time. Yeah. And they send out this wonderful newsletter. Mm -hmm. You should totally subscribe if you're into that. Um, But they recently just sent us this really great framework for how to think about taking care of yourself, taking care of your family and friends, and then contributing in whatever way you can to your community without feeling overwhelmed. Yeah, it was kind of like this and, little and like care finding package of resources, yeah. right, without without feeling overwhelmed. Yeah. So I thought this idea of like a care budget, which is not just money, but also time and also just like psyche, right? Your attention, your emotional bandwidth of really thinking about who can you support each day what do you need to support yourself? What do you need sleep-wise, nutrition, alone time to make sure you're fully charged and capable of doing what you need to do? And then like, what can you do to ensure you're doing the best job you can for those of us and still employed while recognizing that we are not working from home. We are at home in a crisis attempting to work as a great tweet that has now gone I viral many love times. that tweet. It's such an important distinction. It really is. It really is. So I, it was just a really nice way of thinking about, I think, the way you said it. Like, what is the thing that lights me up that I uniquely can contribute, whether that's sewing masks, donating money, 
organizing time, amplifying other people's projects, right? If you've got a large audience on social media or in other ways, can you curate some of the efforts that are going on and really help make them more visible? What are the things that you can contribute? And maybe it's just, you know, baking some bread and taking them to your neighbors in a socially distant way. I actually think that a great place to start, which you just touched on, is what would make me feel better right now? Mm -hmm. And is that something that then I could share with a few people, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so say baking makes me feel really good. Who could I share that with? Or like supporting someone feels really good. All right. Well, then who are a few people that I could support? Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Uh, thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. 
The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s. She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications. She had a Harvard plaque. Tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich men because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation. I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something else that you just made me think of is that there's just a lot of layers right now, the primary layer being that we are in a crisis Mm -hmm. collectively. And then individually, there's so many layers on top of that. Do you have work? Are you looking for work? What does your family need? What does your partner, if you have one, need? What do your children, if you have them, need? And there's a lot of recalibrating. Mm -hmm. And something that I've been kind of noticing has been happening this week, I don't know if you feel this or not, but I've just almost been feeling all of the speed that was sort of there before all of this happened, I felt it really sort of coming back Mm. on top of all of the new things that this pandemic is bringing with it. And that together is just overwhelming. And so I think finding a way to sort of take a pause just long enough, Mm -hmm. just long enough to kind of find a little space within all of the responsibility to check in and game plan a little bit. Like I love in this article, Christina, uh, about a care budget. I love that there's this, they sort of do the sample version that's broken up into a few sections of things I can do right now or once. And that Mm -hmm. the first thing is figure out how to get my prescriptions filled. I love that the first thing is a self-care thing. Like, Mm -hmm. are your prescriptions there? Help my grandparents set up Skype. I mean, I know that my family, we helped my parents get on Zoom this week and that was awesome. Mm -hmm. And then what are things I can do daily Again, the first thing is 
eat three proper meals. <laughs> Am I eating? Right? Yeah. And then down the list, check in with friends individually. What can I do a few times a week, weekly? So I do think it's beneficial to, like anything that needs to be tackled, to do a little bit of strategizing here. I do feel a little bit of that speed coming back. In New York, we have had a couple of good days in a row in terms of the numbers. And there's some mm. people wondering, is the curve flattening? Is mm. there a light at the end of this tunnel? And you can see people starting to think about like, are we going to be allowed out at the end of April, at yeah. the end of May? Yeah. And like, when can we fly again? You know, like things are just starting to like steamroll again. Yeah. And in the meantime, there's a whole bunch of other people, especially people with children that are like, no, it's getting worse. This is a harder week yeah. than the first week. That's right. Like, you can't just assume because people have stopped talking about how hard it is that it has gotten easier or that we've gotten into some routine. Right. So they're just, it feels like a lot of competing energy as people are trying to suss out, like, what does this mean long term? When are we getting back to quote normal? Yes. Spoiler alert. <laughs> we aren't like right. ever. Right. Like maybe in 2023. According to Austrian Airlines and, you know, some study they just did. So, like, be prepared for this to not be normal for a very long time. Yeah. And I think it's fine for it to take time to mm -hmm. find your footing. There are whole new sort of structures and systems sort of coming into place right now. And what we know is that speed for speed's sake, going fast for the sake of going fast, is not the sustainable thing. It's like taking time to pause. How can you kind of work on your own systems, which are going to be completely different from anybody else's, to just sort of find a little bit of, I wouldn't say like routine at all. And that's can be thrown out. That's fine. But to just sort of find a little bit of peace. Because the other thing, Christina, is that there's so much wonderful stuff happening online. Being online is such an easy way to be comparing yourself to right. everyone else. Right. Right. And so, oh my gosh, this person just did a Facebook live stream. So why am I need to do a Facebook <laughs> live stream? And this person just put, mean, put a class together in 24 hours. So I should be putting a digital class together in 24 hours. I literally can't be on Instagram without a little pop-up saying, this person's gone live. This person's gone live. And I was like, can you stop going live? <laughs> I know. I love like when I get annoyed by that and I'm like, oh my God, but I'm going live five <laughs> nights a week. One of the reasons why I decided to do it at 8 p.m. PST every night is that I'm like, this is what I'm doing. And if friends of mine yeah. want to see me, they know that they can come then. They don't have to be on here at any other time. I'm not gonna be like popping up live, like yeah. truly. And also it's going back to the intention of, well, why am I really doing this? Versus I'm going live because I got to go live. We all got to go live. I mean, for good or for bad right now, online, is our interface with the rest of the world. Yes. And what's interesting about that is, so of the six women working on COVID Tech Connect, I know one of them in real life. Wow. Like one of them I have hugged and touched and had meals with and hung out with in real life. Mm. And the other four I know solely through the list, through a professional women's network I'm part of. And we've done this entire project from all these different states. Mm -hmm all these different time zones and we've done it all through the internet through zoom and google drive and slack and a whatsapp group right it made me laugh the other day when i thought about how for a very long time 
our generation has been sort of, I don't know, pejoratively judged for, quote, slacktivism. Yeah. Can you tell me what that term means? Yeah. So it's our parents and our grandparents' generation. They look at the marches, the protests, the wars that they have fought. And then they look at us retweeting hashtags from our sofa <laughs> and they're like so the thing is online outrage does not actually mean things change so slacktivism was a term created probably about a decade ago to talk about kind of the online hashtagging and outrage amplification that doesn't turn into real action. It's kind of the perfect term for that. It is. But what's <laughs> ironic about that is right now, when we can't march and we can't show up at our elected officials in town halls and we can't leave our, our sofas for the most part, we're using Slack <laughs> and a bunch of other online tools to actually organize and yeah. activate, you know, real change. Yeah. And our generation's the one comfortable with all of these tools and, you know, native with this. And I, I don't know. I feel like let's redefine slacktivism with a positive light because we're getting things done. I love it. You know, it just goes to show <laughs> you never know, right? Like <laughs> we never really know what something is or how it's going to be used as a tool. We can make guesses even hypotheses about it. But we mm -hmm. never know what's really going to be there and come into place. Mm -hmm. And I'm so struck by that too, Christina. I mean, I remember five years ago when I was trying to convince tutoring clients of mine to do online tutoring with me because mm -hmm. I wanted them to be able to get adept at that in case I was going to go away and do a play. And mm -hmm. I remember it was kind of like, this is strange. No one is doing this. Why are you doing this? And now I am so happy <laughs> that I spent the time then. This is pre-Zoom, by the way, but spent yeah. the time then to figure out, oh, I can get a little writing pad with a stylist to be able to do this online. And, and how, mm -hmm. how can I really like make this efficient? And now here we are, and happily Zoom has a whiteboard in its functionality, mm -hmm. but here we are. And so if it can give this in our community of the show any comfort in that those things that may seem weird, even superfluous, may become very valuable at some point. Mm -hmm. Like keep going in those directions. I love that. The number of dance parties that seem to be popping up between Instagram and Zoom. And I mean, now there are whole clubs that I'm not being invited to. <laughs> have you heard about this? Kate? There's like, you can get like private Zoom rooms. You have to pay for ta quote table service. There's no table. There's no service. You're not getting alcohol. You're just getting an elite experience, an exclusive experience that people are paying actual real dollars No, for. I cannot. I cannot. I that could not be less me if it tried. <laughs> I just love that I'm even being excluded during the pandemic. It's just so on brand for it me. <laughs> but it just goes to show, like, this is what I'm talking about. It's very easy for things to kind of go Spiral. dormant for a while and then just, like, map right over to new circumstances. Yeah. And so I'm just trying to be very, very sensitive to that. No, the one that I've heard of is that one of my good friends has a birthday this Friday and she's doing something called Get Down and Give where she's doing a dance party on Zoom but you'll also be donating to a charity for her birthday and I was like that nice. is such a cute idea very cute but Christina you've also found a number of really incredible applications of slacktivism recently <laughs> in my new definition of it yeah, yeah. so I mean it just it goes to show how right now especially when 
online is our interface with the world, there are some really incredible ways to make a real difference in a lot of people's lives. So there's one that the journalist Yashar Ali got started on GoFundMe for hourly tipped workers, who obviously are some of the folks that have been hit the hardest by all of us leaving restaurants, leaving cabs, and, you know, retreating to our sofas. And he started this GoFundMe, and then he has been tweeting it, sharing it with his friends, getting challenge grants, you know, getting a lot of people to step up, and has been really kind of persistent in making sure people remember that there's an entire community of workers who literally aren't getting paid right now. And yes, maybe they'll get a check at some point for $1,200 from the U.S. government, but like they need food this week. And he's raised over a million dollars with this. GoFundMe purely through tweeting. And I, I don't want that to sound small because he's really been hustling for this. Absolutely. And making sure that that people know just how important this is. So I think that's a perfect example of slacktivism at its finest. Yes. Um, but there are a few others we'll link to as well. There's one incredible small business owner, Deepti Sharma, has a company called Food to Eat. And pre-pandemic, it was a company that companies could hire to cater their lunches for their employees. And she would partner with women-owned, immigrant-owned small restaurants and pile all of these orders together and deliver really delicious food. And then, of course, if no one's working in offices, there's no business for her. That means no business for these small mom-and-pop restaurants that had come depend on her. So she pivoted her business model to really focus on how do we feed frontline workers? How do we feed, like, who does still need to be fed? And how can we use the infrastructure, right, the relationships that I already have set up with these restaurants and get food to those folks? And because those folks are not the ones who are necessarily able to pay right now, putting together fundraisers to help support that as well. So it's really smart ways of people saying, what's the thing that I can do? And how can I apply that in this particular setting for a population that's at risk and yes. that needs my help? And I think I these are, are great examples of what you can do from the internet Absolutely. Um, to make a real tangible difference in a lot of people's lives right now. Yeah, Christina, that's incredible. And back on the Zoom front, and I'm reminded of that David Rabe play in the Boom Boom Room. It makes me want to just rename it in the Zoom Zoom Room. (laughs) Because, you know, so many different theaters and arts organizations are really starting to use Zoom to do live readings and things Mm -hmm. like that. In fact, there's this Fast Company article that talks about Theater Unleashed, which is a Los Angeles-based theater company, and a number of different artists who are able to keep things that really sustain their organization, like monthly reading series or Mm -hmm. even musicians who are able to give lessons via Zoom Mm -hmm. and sort of stay afloat that way. And I know for me, I'm a part of three upcoming readings. And the functionality on Zoom for being able to have the audience sort of wait outside and then be watching versus being on stage and then sort of be brought in for the talkback portion is pretty incredible. Really? Yeah, it really is. There's a lot of like thoughtful functionality there that's already in place. And not to mention educational organizations. Oh my gosh, I know that so many schools are using Zoom, but also 
In Los Angeles, specifically, nonprofits like 826 LA, which provides after school tutoring, Young Storytellers, which provides writing mentorship. The fact that these online platforms are helping these organizations continue to keep going is, is mm-hmm. really remarkable. It really is. So I got to tell you my favorite application of Zoom. Um, Please. Recently. So John Krasinski. Yes. Has a Fantastic. fabulous fake news broadcast called Some Good News. And it is a delightful show. It is. It's fantastic. My friend sent me episode two. There's a pretty wonderful Easter egg in the second half of the second episode. I'm not going to tell you what it is. You have to go watch it. Oh, I was about to spoil it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm glad you didn't. You're better than I am. (laughs) So she sent me this and she's like, oh, you're going to like this. It it was relevant to a a joke that we had had going on about choir and trying to sing (laughs) the choir over Zoom. I was like, what? I don't know what she's talking about, but I just started watching the episode and it was such a delight. The good news truly is good news. I was grinning like an idiot. And then the Easter egg pops up and made it even more delightful. So I have now subscribed to some good news. And I'm going to watch it as much as I can because it is truly my favorite use of Zoom right now. I agree. That is a delightful (laughs) watch. Highly recommended. (laughs) So we want to know what you have found to be delightful on the internet or off. how you're coping, how you are self-caring, and how you are contributing to making your world at least a little bit lighter right now. You can reach us on Twitter or Instagram at TLDNEpod, or you can always email us at hello at TLDNEpodcast.com. That's right. Or you can leave us a voicemail at 833-HI-TLDNE. That's 833-448-5363, then dial 803. And we'll link to everything we mentioned here, plus a few more. You'll find all <laughs> of those fabulous links at our show notes at tldnepodcast.com slash 118. Thanks so much to our producer, Maya Cole, and to you for tuning in. As always, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts if you like what you heard. It really helps us get the word out to fellow human Venn diagrams. Until next time, remember, the the limit limit does does not exist. exist. (laughs) (laughs) The Limit Does Not Exist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 
The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. Well, how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts oh hi i'm rachel zoe and my podcast climbing in heels is back and better than ever you might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.